1: Hello everybody and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Keri Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Now today's topic is all about fatigue and the brain, specifically the brain's role in fatigue. So I'm so very excited about this week's show because I have back on the show our special guest, Dr. Peter Kahn. If you haven't heard our last uh, podcast interview, I'll be sure to put that link in the podcast notes so you can listen to that one as well. So Dr. Peter Kahn is a board certified chiropractic neurologist, certified in functional medicine and a fellow of the American Association of Integrative Medicine. Dr. Kahn is the creator of Neurometabolic Integration, a breakthrough approach that combines functional neurology and functional medicine to treat complex neurological, endocrine and autoimmune disorders. Dr. Kahn, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show.
2: Dr. Carey, thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited.
1: So I think a good place to start would be just kind of explaining what is functional neurology because still a lot of people that term is very new to them. I think a lot of people understand functional medicine, but functional neurology, that's still a pretty new term.
2: Yeah, I think uh, with the With the uh, explosion of functional medicine, people get that, you know, the conventional medical approach is about treating symptoms. And in functional medicine, we're looking at the more underlying root cause. We're looking for, you know, the mechanisms or the pathway. Now, in functional neurology, it's very similar, except we're applying it to, you know, brain function specifically. You know, so you have people who may have neurological symptoms like... You know, uh, inability to concentrate, they may have numbness, tingling, they may have difficulty getting the words out or balance issues. But on a MRI or CAT scan of the brain, we'll see no lesions, right? Everything's normal, so to speak. But these people still suffer with these neurological symptoms a lot of times because they have a functional lesion, meaning the brain cell is just not functioning optimally, optimally but there's no actual physical problem. So in functional neurology, we seek to identify those areas. We use non-invasive therapies, like different exercises, to help rehab the brain so that we can get function back. So that's really the big difference.
1: So as you said, like the brain is an area that's more or less been forgotten in um, conventional medicine, integrative medicine, functional medicine. It's all been like from the neck down, and we've forgotten about the brain. Yeah. I've been doing this, as you know, I've been doing this three-year functional neurology certification with Dr. Datis Karazian, and I'm just, I'm just blown away by how much I'm learning about the important role of the brain and the nervous system to the rest of our health. Like, it's just, I'm so excited about it. Like, I'm, I'm such a nerd, probably as you are, Dr. Khan, about all of this stuff, trying to, you know, learn as much as I can to help as many people as I can.
2: Nerdier, the better.
1: That's what I have to say, too. (laughs) So I wanted to specifically focus our show today about fatigue because, you know, well, as you know, coming into your office and coming into my office, a lot of medical offices, so many people are struggling with fatigue. They typically see their health provider, have some blood work done, more or less are told, like, everything's normal, um, and then it's like, well, maybe you just need a vacation or maybe you're starting to burn out right. and you should Or you're take, getting old. Or, yeah. Or maybe you're just getting old or yeah, yeah you're just a busy mom. That's mm-hmm. just how it is. And right. so let's talk about fatigue because there can be, um, there can be, uh, physiologic reasons in the body, but there can also be brain based reasons as well.
2: Right. I, I, really make it, try to help patients understand, you know, where fatigue is coming from, right? So When someone says, I'm fatigued versus I'm tired, well, there's a difference between those two terms, at least medically, and and, we want to be specific. So when someone says they're tired, like you did too much today, you're a busy mom, for example, uh, you're tired, okay? At the end of the day, you need to go to bed, you need to rest, and you sleep. The next day you wake up, you're no longer tired. That's normal, right? You recover. Fatigue is when you're tired and you don't recover. So there's a big difference with that. Now, we want to differentiate fatigue versus weakness, because fatigue is not experienced in your muscle per se, right? A lot of people feel like, oh, I'm fatigued, therefore my muscles are weak. Well, if you have like, for example, S1 nerve root lesion, and you have a foot drop, well, that's a muscle weakness. But because you have a foot drop, that doesn't mean your brain's tired necessarily, right? So weakness is different than fatigue. So fatigue is really experienced in the brain. Fatigue is a neurological symptom, if you really think about it. I mean... You don't experience fatigue in the, you know, your gluteus maximus or something, right? So I try to help patients understand that. Hey, if you say you have fatigue, just go ahead and say that you have a brain symptom. That's really what it is. So if that's the case. And what do we need to do to identify what's causing the the brain symptom? Because it's all about identifying the root cause. So that's kind of the first step is understanding fatigue is a brain symptom.
1: So what you're saying there is just ground-shattering for a lot of our listeners because I think what's really being um, talk, talked about right now out in the, you know, internet community about fatigue is like, oh, it's an adrenal problem or it's your thyroid and it's just like, no, that, that's just, those are two very limited viewpoints of fatigue. That fatigue is much broader than those two very limited viewpoints.
2: Well, actually, um Yes. So fatigue is a symptom in, in my mind, right, and it's and what it is, but we always want to find the, the reason for the symptom, and I think many natural healthcare practitioner or even just, you know, if you search online, you have people selling supplements for energy or the fiber, you know, energy drinks and so forth, that's all treating the symptom, even if you can drink an energy drink and make your energy better, but that doesn't answer the question why you're fatigued in the first place. I mean, perhaps you you are just run down. It maybe it is an adrenal issue. Maybe it is a thyroid issue. In fact, you know, I list I kind of found seven common causes for fatigue that, and I'm hoping to share with your your listener today that'll help them get clarity as far as why they're having this problem and give them more clarity as far as what they need to do next.
1: Okay, so I think that now would be a good time to delve into those seven.
2: Okay, well, the number one uh, cause of fatigue, and like I just mentioned, is really due to a brain issue. Like I said, fatigue is experienced in the brain. And with brain, then, okay, so then what are some of the causes of brain dysfunction that can lead to the symptom of fatigue? And what I find is we have to address underlying physiological needs of the brain, which comes down to fuel and activation. Because all neurons and all brain cells require fuel, and that's basically energy source in the form of glucose and oxygen so if you're not feeding yourself properly if you're not you know having proper blood sugar metabolism or if your oxygenation is off then your brain's not going to have the proper substrate to actually make energy for brain cells to function that can lead to fatigue the other piece of that is activation so all neurons and all brain cells have to be constantly stimulated in order to make protein to you know synthesize dna to carry out metabolic machinery that make the brain cells actually stay alive. So just for your brain cells to stay alive, it needs to be activated all the time. And one of the most important activations is actually proprioception. That means movement. And that's really uh, a lot of, uh, you know, that's not addressed in conventional medicine. We don't address the movement side. I mean, a lot of time we tell patients to exercise, but sometimes people may have a hemisphericity where, one half of the brain or one specific region of the brain is weaker than the other. So then we need to do more specific exercise, not just general, you know, go out for a walk for 30 minutes, but we may need to do certain type of brain-based therapy. So that's really a a big factor. Certainly there's other things that can cause brain fatigue, like inflammation, uh, neuro autoimmunity, heavy metal toxicity. Uh, So those are things that I typically go through with my patients to identify it. I, I think the point is that fatigue is a... It's a very broad symptom, and there's a lot of things that can cause it. And we have to go through, you know, an algorithm to really identify all the possible causes so we're not missing something.
1: So are you saying on your list the number one most common cause is the brain?
2: Oh, absolutely. I start, so if somebody comes in and say, I have fatigue, or they come in, even if they come in and say, I have a thyroid condition, I'm interested in getting my thyroid fixed, doc, first thing I do is I do a functional neurological exam. That's where I start.
1: Okay, fantastic. So start looking at the brain and then what are what are the other, because you said there were seven causes that you found. What are the others?
2: Right. So others include gut dysfunction. And uh, so if you have gut dysfunction, many times that'll lead to inflammation in the gut due to leaky gut. And that can trigger inflammation, which can, due to the gut-brain axis, trigger brain inflammation. Uh, certainly, there could be uh, infections, toxicity in the gut, medication use. So gut is the number two thing that I look for. That's very, very common. And again, when people sh- show up with fatigue symptom, I look at the brain, I look at the gut. Okay? Uh, the next one that's really common is blood sugar dysfunction. As I mentioned earlier, brain cells require fuel and activation, and blood glucose is one of the most important fuel for brain function. So the third thing I look for is blood sugar. And, you know, your body has a pretty darn tight tolerance for, for blood sugar metabolism. It's It's got to be just perfect, you know. I think when people go to medical doctors, a lot of times people say, well, I don't have a blood sugar issue. My medical doctors say it's fine. Well, what does that mean by fine, right? When they say fine, it just means that you're not diabetic already. It doesn't mean it's optimal. And And your brain has a very low tolerance for that. So blood sugar metabolism is key. And I do a lot of work with counseling people on, how to eat in a specific way to stabilize the blood sugar and identify those things on lab work. Uh, keep going, number keep four. Going, yeah, keep going. All right, I'm gonna roll. Okay, number four. Uh, what I see is uh, a lot of people will have oxygenation issues, and ox- by oxygenation, I mean they could have an underlying anemia. And this could could be due to iron deficiency anemia that just never been tested. A lot of times, when uh, regular doctors they test you know anemia, they do a CBC panel, red blood cell, hemoglobin. But maybe they didn't check iron, right? They just used red blood cell hemoglobin. So we gotta look at iron, we gotta look at ferritin, T I B C. We also gotta look at possibility of macrocytic anemia, like B12 folate anemia. So there's all different types of anemia. We gotta identify those patterns. So but if someone is anemic, then they can't deliver oxygen to the brain, then obviously they can be fatigued as well. Uh, with oxygen, obviously breathing is really important. If people are shallow breathers, there's stress. And that can be a problem, or people are just deconditioned, you know, their aerobic capacity is low. So exercise is really important in oxygenation as well. So we so far we discussed brain, gut, blood sugar, and oxygen. Those are probably the most common, the most important. And then next then we come into hormones. So definitely hormonal factors can cause fatigue as well. So we know that thyroid hormone is a big one. The most common symptom for thyroid dysfunction is fatigue. Uh, and thyroid actually there's there's receptors in every cell in your body for thyroid hormone, and, and the, the brain being the most critical. So when thyroid function goes down, your brain function goes down as well, and that leads to decrease the capacity for your brain to make energy, and that can also lead to fatigue. And certainly adrenal uh, fatigue is a big one that's in the natural alternative field. However, I see the adrenal as something that's, again, it's a symptom. You know, adrenal fatigue or adrenal weakness is a symptom. Something has to have caused the adrenal gland to fatigue in the first place. And usually I see chronic infection like chronic viral infections, toxicity issue, or just lifestyle, or blood sugar stocks. These are all things that can cause the adrenal to be weak. So I guess if there's any, you know, healthcare practitioners listening out there and their practice is just like, oh, adrenal fatigue, and everybody who's adrenal fatigue gets an adrenal supplement, I'm gonna say go a level deeper. Don't just give them adrenal supplement look at blood sugar look at infection look at toxicities and if you start fixing those issues then it might uh eliminate the need to take an adrenal supplement or eliminate the need to take adrenal supplement for like 10 years and still patients feel like they have adrenal fatigue so that's your hormonal connection uh and certainly there's others i'm just kind of just going through the list here and then the next one uh, for me is looking at detoxification markers uh, what happens is due to our poor lifestyle, diet, toxicity in our environment, medication use, a lot of people have difficulty with de- detoxification. And that can also create just recycling of these toxins, lead to an inflammatory load, which lead to inflammation across the whole entire system, and that can lead to energy issues. And last but not least is mitochondrial dysfunction. And mitochondria, as you know, are the the powerhouse of the cell. These are the little organelles inside every cell in your body that produces energy. And these mitochondria are pretty sensitive. They can get damaged pretty easily by oxidative stress, by inflammation, uh, or cell membrane rigidity due to lack of essential fatty acid intake, uh, leading to decreased transport of nutrient in and out of uh, cell membrane, cofactor deficiencies, you know, just nutrient deficiencies. So when mitochondria my mitochondrial function goes down, then you're going to have decreased capacity to make energy. That can also lead to fatigue as well. So we just went through seven factors that can cause fatigue. And, uh, you know, this is what I find in my clinic that's the most relevant, right? That, that Can we get deeper than just like, oh, you need a B vitamin or you need magnesium? If you search online for, oh, what, help fati- what helps fatigue? You know, a lot of time those nutrients or certain vitamins are recommended. But I'm going to tell you, even if you take a magnesium, what if your fatigue is caused by inflammation or toxicity? I mean, taking magnesium is going to do nothing for that. So I want to help the audience understand that we've got to go deeper than just a vitamin replacement model because that's no better than medicine.
1: You know, Dr. Khan, as you've been going through your... Uh- seven common causes of fatigue I I know you can't see me because we're doing our interview over Skype right now but I'm like shaking my head yes 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 and in my in my practice I practice um, uh, my philosophy is very very similar to yours whereas you know we got to look at the brain first we got to look at the gut the blood sugar the oxygen and then consider things like adrenals hormones detox mitochondria we gotta like you said go a level deeper
2: Right. It's all about the patient, right? It's all about helping people because we have a responsibility to these patients and they're coming to us for solutions. And what happens, a lot of people, they go to these doctors and doctors just do what's easy, what's expedient, what's been taught instead of using the brain and do a little detective work, do a little digging to really solve the patient's problem. I think, you know, great minds think alike, Dr. Carey. And, and just to your credit, I mean, like, if, you, if you're, if you like, nodding your head, that means, you know, there's only one way. I mean, I, I shouldn't say there's only one. There's The right way is the right way. So if it's right, we're all going to resonate with that. And I think that's what's happening here.
1: <laughs> you're right. The right way is the right way. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so, you know, the other thing that I see, a lot of patients coming in. So, you know, with the, uh, the whole... Internet and all the great information that's on the internet. You know, patients, as you know, they come in; they're very educated. A lot of times, I have to, I have to tell them, okay, it could be your adrenals, but. Like you said, why are the adrenals weak? It could be your thyroid, but why is your thyroid weak? You could be, you know, loaded with toxins, but they're, you know, why? It's always about asking that question why. Sometimes they have to, actually, I feel a lot of times I have to tell the patient, these are with the new patients. I, I have to convince them it's not really the adrenals. It's something else going on. Otherwise, it's just a Band-Aid on the adrenals for the rest of your life. So that's where we have to, you know, start doing some more advanced lab testing and, physical exam to try and figure out these other underlying factors like you said digging deeper in these areas so let's kind of transition and talk about you know tests and like physical exam
2: well so for example when patients come into my office complaining of fatigue uh, the first thing I do is do a neurological exam and this this is probably too much to go into it on this particular interview uh, but one of the things I will look at is I look at what's called uh neurological fatigue so for example, if I do a uh, a test with cerebellum like a simple finger to nose for example, so there it's kind of like this is like your uh, kind of look like a sobriety test. Some of you may have done that last night, no I'm just kidding uh, no you, so you bring you, you kind of reach your arm out and you touch the finger to the tip of your nose and uh what i what what a lot of times in the medical setting that test is done maybe one to two reps right you have the person do that, one to two to that, and they're looking for a very obvious dysfunction like like someone who's completely drunk or they have a cerebellum stroke, they can't even get to the nose, right, just looks pretty, and you don't have to be a doctor to know that, wow, this test doesn't look normal, this person's completely discoordinated, they can't even get close to their nose. But what we look for is we'll we have the patient do multiple reps, so we're going to have the person repeat that test five, six, seven times, and what I'm looking for is as we continue the test, do they actually start to have a breakdown of the movement, you know, rep four, five, or six into it? If that happens, you know, maybe the first two time they do it is normal, but the fourth or fifth time they do it, it starts to break down and become abnormal. That tells me that there's neurological fatigue, meaning the brain is getting tired of doing that task because they don't have endurance, they don't have fuel or activation, and brain cells starting to, you know, starting to uh, decrease in function. So that's what I look for and in a neurological exam sense to look for symptoms or signs of fatigue. So that's a big one. And I think a lot of healthcare practitioners there who's not trained in functional neurology like you, they may not look for things like that.
1: And then, um, can you, from a symptom standpoint, kind of give some examples of the lack of brain endurance from a symptom perspective that some people might notice as they're doing tasks?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, if you if you read a book and uh you know you you used to be able to read a book and, and pay attention and retain information just fine, but now you read a book, you know, a few minutes into it you start to fall asleep, you know, or you can't retain. And that's a brain endurance problem. You know, if you drive down the street, you you used to be able to drive just fine. Now you drive, you fall asleep easier, or you start to get uh, you know having balance issue or feel like whoa you know uh, nauseous just because traffic are passing by things are flying by you can't handle these visual you know inputs that could be a sign of brain endurance or simply like you had a rough day and you just like man by 5pm or 3pm you're just done you have to take a nap that's a sign of brain endurance problem so anytime when your brain is used and you create symptoms that's more than just regular being tired, where you're almost becoming, you just can't function anymore, you're impaired, then that will be a sign of neurological impairment due to brain fatigue.
1: So I think that's great. A lot of our listeners have a better understanding of what you mean by, you know, endurance. So what are some of the other things that you look for?
2: Um, well, other things will really come down to a really great history, you know, very detailed history and interview. That's really that's the biggest part of my exam is the, the is the interview and the and the history with the patient. you know, to find out like asking questions like that, you know do you have trouble with you know reading or a mental tasks? Do you have trouble with driving? you know, do you uh, what in your past has happened? you know have you had head trauma? Have you had you know major infection? Did you have mono when you're in college? you know indicate some kind of chronic Epstein bar viral infection? So the history is the biggest part that gives me the most information. Uh, and then it comes down to doing functional medicine lab testing, and, and it could be as simple as just doing a very complete lab work, right? So with blood tests, a lot of times patients come in, oh, I had all the blood tests done, but when I actually do analysis, they're missing like ten different markers that will will be really helpful. So like, oh, I had blood sugar checked, but the doctor never checked hemoglobin A1C and insulin, or oh, I had you know anemia check, I don't have anemia, but they never even check iron. You know, just simple stuff like that. You know, uh, just. You know, we don't want to make as doctors what I call bonehead mistake, right? If somebody comes with a fatigue, we can't forget forget to check CBC, iron, ferritin, and things like that. So we want to make sure we're covering the patient's bases because we're doing what's best for the patient. So blood tests will be one. And if I see that you may have possibility of uh, gut inflammation or GI issues, uh, definitely leaky gut test is a big one for me. Checking Zonulin, uh, Occludin antibodies. Uh, this test can be done through Cyrix Lab, Array 2, or uh, Zoomer through Vibrant America, Vibrant Health. Uh, these are two labs that check all the different markers that will indicate leaky gas. So those are the two uh, big tests for me that I look you know, uh, very commonly. And it depends on the patient's situation that we may go into other tests as well, like for example, checking for you know, heavy metals or run viral panels. But that's all that depends on the situation.
1: Is there anything else about lab tests or physical exam that you want to cover before we move on?
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, oh, oh, well, there you go. So hormones. So even though we said earlier, Dr. Carey, and we both agree that, you know, just because someone has a thyroid symptom, X doesn't always mark the spot, right? Right. Uh, However, uh, we we can, again, make the bonehead mistake of not screening a person's thyroid function if they complain of fatigue. So we definitely want to check thyroid as you know, most people with thyroid dysfunction actually have autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's. And again, many times I see patients come in, they have thyroid panel done, but nobody ever checked TPO antibody or thyroglobulin antibody to check for the, for Hashimoto. Or they only had TPO antibody checked, but not the thyroglobulin antibody. Must check both because you can be positive to one or the other. And I see that as a big common mistake as well. So for the audience, if you ever have thyroid problem, you have thyroid panel done, make sure you're screened for Hashimoto's. Both antibodies, TPO antibody and antithyroglobulin antibody, both checked.
1: And then, uh, Dr. Khan, is there anything that uh, our listeners, like from a, an exam standpoint, do at home right now? Like checking their balance or anything like that to, to kind of indicate anything wrong with their brain?
2: Yeah, definitely uh, don't try to walk on a tightrope above a 10-story building. Uh, <laughs> Don't start there. Uh, p- progress to that. But start with just simply, yeah, absolutely. You could do uh, you know, a Rombergs, which is your very standard cerebellum test. Put your feet close together. Now, if you have history of falls or you just, your balance just suck, uh hang on to something or have somebody stand next to you so you don't fall over. Uh, but what you do is you put your feet close together and just stand in a straight stance and you close your eyes and you see if you can notice any sway or imbalance. If you notice any sway, or drift, that will indicate you possibly have a cerebellum issue or peripheral neuropathy in the feet, meaning you have lost sensation in the feet, because both can create that swaying in Romberg's. So the next thing you want to do is do more specific tests with a cerebellum, like a finger to nose, or you know in the office, then we'll check the, the feet as well, doing vibration tuning fork to check light touch, two-point discrimination, to rule out between a peripheral neuropathy problem versus a cerebellum issue. But the romberg's test is a good screening test to start doing to see if you have a balance issue.
1: So I think um, you're doing a, I think you're doing an, an excellent job for our, our listeners out there to understand that fatigue can be very complicated to figure out.
2: It really uh, is not as simple as a look, and if the thing is, Doctor Carey, you know, there's not a. If you go to your medical doctor, you say you're fatigued. What medication do they write on the prescription pad? That's FDA approved specifically for fatigue. Like, there's no drug for it, right? Right. So even if you go to your MD and say, "Hey, I have fatigue," what what magic pill or drug do they give you? Or you go to some natural practitioner, and what magic supplement is there for fatigue? You know, they, they may give you adrenal supplement. They give you rhodiola or ginseng. I mean, but that's not the point. Because what is causing the fatigue? What if your fatigue's caused by an infection? Then taking adrenal supplement may or may not help you. What if your fatigue's caused by you know, uh, autoimmune disease. Then, taking thyroid hormone may or may not help you. It's all about understanding the root cause and 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 testing for it. So, it really behooves the audience to you know consult a practitioner like Dr. Carey, who's very well versed in functional medicine and also have knowledge of functionalology to really you know have someone that's professionally guiding them through it. And just because you have a medical degree, it doesn't mean you have the training like you know, someone like Dr. Carey that's able to do this type of work. So I think looking for the right practitioner is really important as well.
1: Dr. Khan, as we spoke uh, earlier, you know, I, I was saying that I'm uh, in the midst of this three-year certification with Datis Karazian and Dr. Brandon Bragg for functional neurology. And, uh, mm-hmm. of course, I've been doing functional medicine now since like 2003. So, so it's just learning this whole neurology, brain-based approach has just it's it's really blown the lid off of wow all of these patients that were not getting better with their fatigue or with their gut or with their whatever yeah that that there's this whole area of of brain and neurology that's been ignored so for for the listeners out there you know if you've like quote seen everybody and you've tried everything I'd have to say no you haven't that maybe you need to find somebody specifically trained in functional neurology Ideally, somebody like Dr. Kahn, who knows functional neurology and functional medicine, like, I think that's the ultimate practitioner who really understands all the ins and outs of the possibilities of the underlying factors of fatigue or or pain or gut issues. It's just so complex. And for nerds like us, right, Dr. Khan? It's just like, <laughs> this is fun for us.
2: <laughs> hey, don't make fun of my pocket protector, right?
1: That's right. Okay, so, <laughs> so let's... Uh, in the last few minutes that we have here, let's uh, switch gears and talk about some action steps for our listeners.
2: So one of the first thing that people can do, uh, really, diet changes is big, right? Because we talked about fatigue uh, and brain requiring fuel. So one of the first thing that people can do is just by stabilizing your blood sugar. And what the heck does that mean? I mean, that means a lot of things. Uh, but the first thing people can do just cut out re- simple sugar and refined carbs. I think everybody's heard that before. But are we implementing it, right? Knowledge is not power. Knowledge with implementation is power. And I think most people don't execute on what they know. If they would just do what they know, or they do what you would, you know, and do what you tell them, I think most people would do really well. So stabilizing blood sugar is really important. So that means you know, cutting out refined carbs, increasing uh, you know fiber, uh, green uh, uh, fibers, veggies, and uh, increasing protein and healthy fat content. If they just make the plate look more like that, more protein, more fat, more veggie, and a whole lot less carbs, they're already going to do a big favor for themselves to improve their blood sugar status, which will in turn improve brain function, improve hormone function, improve thyroid function, improve insulin function, adrenal function. just can't tell you that one simple step can improve so much. Uh, And the next thing that people can do uh, really is to make sure that they're you know, exercising on a regular basis. Um, I think that's also a really simple hack that people are underutilizing. Of course, within exercise, there's so many different types, and uh, if you're just completely sedentary, even if you just went out for a walk, 15-30 minutes a day, that's already going to help. But if you're already doing that, so I exercise every day. I take the dog for a walk, or the dog take you for a walk. I don't think that's enough, right? I think people need to go a step further. I'm a big believer in using resistance training. I'm a big believer in getting patients to lift weight, increasing muscle mass. Uh, if their adrenals can handle it, so we don't start with like going crazy, but we work their way up and doing high intensity interval training. And even with high intensity interval training, it doesn't have to be like 30 minutes of that. They can literally just do five minutes of high intensity interval training. For example, doing five seconds of sprinting in place with a 20 second rest and then do that, maybe repeat six to eight times. For somebody who's really out of shape, that will be enough as a form of interval training. So those are just two really simple hacks that they can implement today, like right a second. Come on, guys, let's do it, five-second sprints. Uh, that'll just help them feel better. I mean, I, I guarantee you, you'll feel better just by doing those two things. Now, unless you have like major knee problems and then you need to go see Dr. Carey and get that fixed, but then you can always get around that, right? If your knee's bad, you, oh, I can't sprint in place. Well, get an get a upper body arm bike and do an upper body bike, you know, or something like that. You can always get around it. You just got to find ways to modify
1: it. Dr. Khan, there's so much information that you gave our listeners today. Is there anything that we forgot to talk about that you think is important? I know that we've already covered a lot.
2: Yeah, I think it's really the most important part is the mindset. Kind of like you were saying earlier, I think most people that come to your podcast, that listen to, they already are gravitated toward natural things, because probably at some point that they were, you know, we were all, I don't, I hate to use the word brainwash, such a negative connotation, but I think we've been conditioned by society and medicine for the past 30, 40, 50 years that you know, medicine and, and drug is the way to get healthy. And so we also have to unbrainwash people or untrain people or uncondition people out of that medical mindset. But then now we have this whole group of people who's kind of brainwashed or conditioned in their natural alternative mindset where they're so far into the other side and they think that there's a, there's a natural supplement for every ailment and symptom. And I don't want people to, you know, come into your practice or my practice thinking that, Oh well, I'm going to go see Dr. Khan. Is he going to tell me what supplement to buy at GNC or a health food store that'll just fix my problem? It has nothing to do with the supplement or the medication. It has to do with what the heck is the underlying reason, and that takes more digging into than just oh a, a simple office visit. You know, we have to run tests, we have to take a history, we have to do an exam. So I really highly encourage people with chronic health condition to really you know uh, commit to their health by consulting with a healthcare practitioner that you know knows how to you know not not like an adrenal fatigue specialist and not a thyroid specialist and not a chelation specialist but a doctor who's really a generalist who can look at the whole person and and help the person get the health back by helping that person addressing the root cause and that's my hope and i hope that there's healthcare practitioner listening out there that that's what they strive to be as well
1: dr khan how can our listeners find out more about you
2: Um, I have some free resources. Uh, There's a website, uh, askdrkhan.com and uh, slash fatigue. If they visit that site, uh, they can get some free video about me talking about the seven different factors of fatigue. And I break down each factor in more detail. What are some of the things that can cause brain fatigue, gut gut issues, uh, blood sugar issue. I break it down in more detail. So Listener can go there and, and get that really useful information. We also have a face, pretty good Facebook presence at Hope Integrative Wellness. Uh, so people can go there, and there's tons of free video as well. It's all just giving patients the information so that, again, we can kind of educate them so they're not either stuck in the medical mindset or you know, using supplement as a drug to, to treat the symptoms.
1: So for the listeners out there, I'll make sure that we have those links in the podcast notes so that you can easily find those resources. Dr. Khan, thank you so much for being my special guest today. Again, this has just been an awesome interview.
2: I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. I think, uh, and it's always good to talk to people that's you know like minded, and hopefully we can uh, make a bigger dent in this uh, healthcare problem.
1: Absolutely. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Dr. Peter Kahn. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next week for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone.